The Spirit of the Lord is with you. Please pray with me. Rushing wind, breath of life, refining fire. In these moments together in your presence, we long to know you as you truly are. And through your story, we long for you to teach us who we truly are. Holy Spirit of God, we are listening. Amen. Give me liberty or give me COVID-19. Read a sign held by a protester at a recent coronavirus protest in the U.S. As we deal with the global pandemic, it's interesting to watch the spectrum of reaction to it and the reaction to the life changes that this situation brings. Closer to home, we've had varied reactions. This past week, I was noting the, well, one reaction in our province, that of a southern Alberta business owner who recently declared that the science of the pandemic does not make sense to him, and so he will choose in a few days to open his business regardless of any public health restrictions in place. Even closer to home, We have members of our own spiritual community here at First Baptist Church who are grieved over the response of some of their friends and loved ones and their approach to dealing with the effects of the virus. Of course, there are many reasons people respond the way they do. It's difficult for all of us to deal with having the movements of our lives restricted. We simply miss the freedom to live our lives as we choose when we choose. And the pandemic has an effect on the deepest levels of our humanity. We struggle as we have to settle for less meaningful ways of connecting with those we love. We are to varying degrees and for various reasons, afraid. Afraid of the effects the virus may have on us and on others, what it will do in our communities and our society. We carry with us the sense that we're at risk. And we respond in different ways. And one of those ways is resistance, It's inevitable, really, that some choose to respond with a certain defiance. Some of those are people for whom notions of personal freedom are paramount. People who are focused on what they perceive is a threat to their potential to do as they choose, when they choose. 
In some cases, people may push back when they perceive that threat. And at times we all do this. Our vision of life can easily find itself situated in questions of personal freedom. How can I get what I need? How do I make sure I protect my freedom to act and think as I choose? How can the community do and live for me? And how can we avoid that perspective, really? Some of the reactions to our current situations are ones we find hard to believe. We ask, how can people be so deluded? How can people be so selfish? And at the same time, we in the Western world have centuries of history teaching us that our individual rights are our most treasured possession. Our systems of government are built on the notion of protecting individual freedoms. Those who are a part of spiritual communities that bear the name Baptist are likely to be those who value personal freedoms, freedom of conscience, freedom to live according to personal convictions. Baptist Christianity was founded as a movement based in part on freedom of individual conscience. Of course, there are reasons that individual freedoms should be protected. We can't say that what individuals need is entirely bad. Yet when we adopt individualism as a way of understanding the world, we may miss the work the Spirit is doing in us and in the world. Message of our New Testament text speaks to how the Corinthians and we might situate our understanding of the world and watch the Spirit at work. So about 146 BCE or so, Rome sacks the city of Corinth. The Greeks had been in control and now the city was left in ruins. It remained uninhabited for quite some time, but the Romans recognized what a valuable piece of real estate it was. And so in 44 BCE, Julius Caesar sets up a community there and names it in his own honor. What's interesting is the people he chose to repopulate the area with. They were a mix of people. Some Greeks, some Romans, some Jews. Many of them were freed slaves. This new town developed a culture of chasing upward mobility. It's said that the citizens of the city walked around with entourages in order to give the impression they were of high importance. Families would arrange marriages in such a way that their children would marry up. They engineered associations with families who would increase their status in society. There's even some speculation, and it is speculation, but it's interesting that the Apostle Paul whose trade may have involved making shelters out of textiles, may have done pretty well for himself as a tent maker in Corinth on account of all the marquees that were needed by the residents under which they would throw their parties to impress the neighborhood. 
These folks knew individualism well. They were familiar with the question, how can the community live for me? In the midst of this culture so focused on individual status and wealth, a community of Christ followers develops. And into this enters the ministry of the Apostle Paul, who helps to guide them, reminding them in his letters to them about a different way to see the world. What's different about this different way is what it seeks to build. Paul spends nearly all his ink in this letter comparing and contrasting the wisdom of the world with the wisdom of God. All the way through, he's remaking the question. He's replacing the question that anchors the culture, how can the community live for me, with a new question. A question that reflects the character of God and the work of the Spirit. How can I live for the community? Here in chapter 12, Paul writes to the Corinthian Christians about how God's kingdom is lived out in their life together as a community of faith. Some of them, in their individualistic thinking, had begun to see some spiritual gifts as more valuable than others. All about status. And Paul's response to this is to remind them not just of the righteousness and purity of God, but of what happens when the Spirit turns up. When the Spirit turns up, the Spirit builds community in order to accomplish the purposes of God. And the Spirit does this both through and for the good of the whole. Right up front in our reading, in verses 4 through 6, Paul gives us the Trinity, the who behind the gifts of the Spirit. There are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of services, but the same Lord. There are varieties activity, varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates them all in everyone. The God who self-reveals in community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, has chosen community to be the vehicle through which God's purposes are accomplished. Just like the story of ancient Israel at Mount Sinai, where God appears and begins to accomplish his purposes by forming a people who would live according to his rule, Paul reminds the community of faith at Corinth that this same God appeared at Pentecost and had gifted them with all they needed for fullness of life. And fullness of life, the rule of God, is grounded in the community of the whole. In the spirit, they are empowered to live life in unity with each other, appreciating what each contributes to the whole 
In the Spirit, they are empowered to change not just their actions toward each other, but where their understanding of community is situated. They are empowered to change the question. To change the question from, how can the community live for me, to how can I live for the community? And their unity would be expressed as they exercised the diversity of their gifts equally and for the good of all. The point was not that they were carbon copies of each other, but that they were part of a bigger story. The story of the God redeeming the world. Through the metaphor of the human body, Paul illustrates so well the beauty of the people who make up the community of faith. Individual, unique, and yet functioning as one. The connection between the parts of a body is intrinsic. It's not an optional connection. It's a defining connection. It's the parts together that form a body. If you don't have all the parts, you don't have a body. And a body, Paul wrote to these believers in Corinth, is what the people of God are. It's not optional. It's defining. It's just the way it is. Paul is reminding the Corinthian community of faith that the question that governs their lives as followers of Christ is different than the question they're most familiar with. And Paul has good reasons for doing this because a theological thread that runs through the Corinthian letters is Paul presenting the new question as both a present and a future reality. The kingdom we're waiting for is here, Paul says. And this kingdom operates on a different question. This oneness, this question, how can I live for the community, is the kingdom of God. This is both what God is bringing and what God is doing in us now. And now that you've caught a glimpse of that, Live like it. And as you live like it, you'll see it even more. It'll make even more sense. The question will change. Not just because you're exercising your willpower, but because you see a brand new way to be. So here we are at Pentecost. For us here in this family of faith, a couple of months now from when we last worshipped our Lord together in this space. We in this family of faith and beyond are deeply in need of community in these days. Perhaps like never before, we need to catch a glimpse of the Spirit's work in us forming us into one body, 
to make God's rule a reality. And I see it. I see that work borne out in people around me even now. Even with all the crazy responses to the crisis that we see around us, I see the work of the Spirit borne out in people around me. I see a response to this crisis grounded in the rule of God. I see it borne out in grocery stores. People smiling at me as they give me time and wide berth so I can pick my bananas. I see it in all those who have self-isolated with the health of others in mind. I see it in those who are worn down by our predicament, but still willing to make that trip to the store for their neighbor. I see it when government officials seem to be a little more cooperative than usual, even across political divides. And I see the Spirit's work in our family of faith, in those who, despite the challenge of these days, see their response as a responsibility, a response beyond the individual, a response rooted in the kingdom question. How can I live for the community? I see it in our parents and in our children, living in close quarters, perhaps a little too much for their liking, working with each other and trying to exercise patience with each other, spending time with each other. I see the Spirit's work in the contact that we make with each other, the creative ways we find to nurture our friendships, the ways we find to support each other, our willingness to be open and vulnerable with each other during all these Zoom calls, perhaps, as many have noted, more open and vulnerable than we are when we meet together in this space. I see the Spirit's work in the prayers that rise to God from our lips, lifting each other up. Family of God, in a way, these days put us on the equal footing the Spirit needs to show us who we really are. In a way, these days are showing us what we're for. We are for ushering in a brand new way of being. We are for imitating the God who is community by situating our lives in a new question. How can I live for the community? At Pentecost, we talk about theophany. As Don did such a great job doing this morning, those moments when God appears to humans. Well, the Spirit is present to us now. The Spirit works in us now. So may we be a people who live like it. May we be a people who live according to what the Spirit is doing, who support each other in this time, even as we struggle with it.
May the Spirit continue to form us as a community in the likeness of the Trinity itself. From this, may we have the endurance to continue finding new ways of living for each other. And may we become the vehicle through which God transforms the world. In and through the Spirit, may we live according to a new question. How can I live for the community? May we be conduits for theophanies, God sightings, not just at Pentecost, but every day. May God appear in our family of faith and in the world through us. Amen.